It's great to be back on Search the Scriptures once again with all of our listeners. We appreciate this opportunity that we have each day to tune in with all those who would like to learn more about the Bible and have kind of what we describe as an open table discussion, kind of sitting around the kitchen table, all of us with open Bibles and talking about what those scriptures really say. We try to present a, an easy and comfortable atmosphere, non-threatening, and search the scriptures each day. And we're thankful that so many have found their opportunity, but also their appreciation of the program to listen to it each day or many times as they have the opportunities and to learn from it by doing that. We appreciate those who have contacted us and let us know how much they enjoy the program, how much they're learning from it, and many have asked for the free Bible study that we offer all the time. And when we say free, it really is free. We don't want any money for it. We take care of the postage. We don't want you to send us anything. We want to help you learn God's Word better, more fully, more deeply, and be able to really understand those rich teachings and truths. We want to help you along that way. That's part of what this program is about and part of how we intend in this program to strive to bring God glory. So at the end of the program, we'll tell you how you can contact us. Have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready, and you can jot down that information. Then you can contact us and ask for that free Bible study, and we'll be glad to send it to you. You can also receive a copy of today's program on CD, and again, it's free, and we'll take care of the postage. We do hope you will take advantage of these offers, these opportunities. They truly can make a change in your life. They can make a difference eternally, and that's how we want to help you. It's great to be back today again with Dennis Stackhouse to open up God's Word and study a little bit more. Thank you, Gary. You're absolutely right. It's a wonderful blessing to be on the program, to be here with you, to be with our listeners. And again, we thank you so much for deciding to tune in and listen to the program and hopefully come away with a better knowledge of God's Word. You know, Gary, I'm often amazed when I consider how much God loves mankind and what he's done for us, even at a time when we were unworthy. And I think about the statement we have in John's Gospel account in chapter 10, verses 17 and 18, where Jesus himself is speaking. And there we're told, Therefore my Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. And I'll tell you, Gary, that means so much when I consider the fact that Jesus did not have to give his life. He had the ability to say, no, I'm not going to do that. And yet we know from Scripture that the love of Christ overshadowed and overcame that human tendency to not want to die, not want to go to the cross. And I think we could all understand that hesitancy. And yet Jesus tells us, you know, there's no one who can take my life from me. Not all the armies of Rome, not all the officials of Judaism, not anyone had the power to take the life of our Lord from him. He was the one who laid it down voluntarily of his own will. 
and it was all because he loved us so much. What a great God, what a great Savior we serve, and what a blessing to have the ability to read his word, to understand it, and to obediently obey God and become one of his chosen people and live in a way that will lead us to heaven. What a great life we can live. And we hope that all of our listeners are coming to that point and that they too will want to become a Christian if they've not yet done so. That is quite a statement that you kind of uh, analyzed on the part of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I think you're exactly right. He could have himself called a halt to the whole thing at any point in time. Right. And yet he loves us so much and he was so yielding to the will of the Father that he went ahead mm -hmm. willingly yeah. and died on that cross. Oh my, what a, what a death, what a sacrifice. Yes, yes, what an example for us too. Indeed. Dennis, we're going to finish up this series of studies that we've been going through over uh, many programs now. And uh, we've asked the question, are you neglecting your salvation? Yes. In the first major section of this study, we talked about people who have yet to become a Christian, mm -hmm. scripturally. Yes. They've not repented of their sins. They've not confessed their faith openly in Christ. They've not surrendered to him in baptism for the purpose of having their sins forgiven and uh, coming to salvation and coming into Christ through that act of baptism. Mm -hmm. They've not yet become Christians. Well obviously they're neglecting their salvation that's exactly right gary if someone never partakes of the offer that god has given mankind and obeys him and is uh, going to live out what the gospel message tells us they're never going to see heaven exactly right in the second major section we've been looking at ways by which Christians can neglect their salvation. Right. And somebody might say, well, wh what are you talking about? A Christian is a, he's saved. Mm -hmm. Well, as we've pointed out already, there are a number of texts of scripture that talk about how Christians can lose their salvation mm -hmm. through neglect, through immorality, through sin, through unfaithfulness, unrighteous living, and so on. Right. And when, when we read that, kind of basic text for this whole study, Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 and 3, this is written to people who are Christians already. They've already become Christians. They're members of the Lord's body, and yet they're warned or exhorted to be careful about neglecting their salvation. That's exactly the case. In fact, the Hebrews writer says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation. Yes, in verse 3 of that text, he does indeed. Well, you, if, if you can't lose something, then why would the writer warn them or exhort them or admonish them about, better be careful, you don't mm -hmm. neglect your salvation. Right. So the question for us is, are you neglecting your salvation? Mm -hmm. And some people, once they become Christians, they are not diligent to worship God with the church mm -hmm. on a regular basis, they're neglecting their salvation. That's right. Others, they don't spend much time with God in prayer. Mm -hmm. They're neglecting their salvation. Right. Others may not 
spend much time in God's word, trying to grow spiritually. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10, 17, as we keep emphasizing in the program. And so if they're not if they're not spending enough time in God's word building their faith, then they're neglecting their salvation. Indeed they are. And that could ultimately be eternally destructive. Right. Well, in this last section, we're going to ask ourselves, have you neglected your salvation by neglecting your dedication to God? Have you become careless and complacent and inactive in serving him as a follower of God, yes. as a Christian. Mm-hmm. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, you know, Dennis, lots and lots of people quote verses 8 and 9 in that particular chapter, right. Ephesians chapter 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, And they talk about how we're saved by grace through faith, Mm -hmm. that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Mm -hmm. You know, we cannot save ourselves. It is only by God's grace that we can be saved. Verse 9 says we can't work enough to save ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it's not something we do for ourselves, by ourselves. Mm -hmm. But then the very next verse emphasizes, which you just read, verse 10, Mm -hmm. that we are God's workmanship and that we have been created in Christ for good works and that God even prepared these good works beforehand, that we should walk in them. Yes. Now that means, well, let me say that's that's a, a lot of major focus on the fact that God wants us to be working Christians, mm-hmm. working in his service and to his glory. Yes, no question about it. Now, if that's something that God has prepared for us to do and that he expects us to walk in those good works, mm-hmm. where does that leave us if we're not doing those things? Well, it leaves us neglecting our salvation. Obviously, Mm -hmm. any kind of reasonable, logical analysis would lead us to that conclusion. It would. If we're neglecting what God wants us to be and wants us to do, then we're neglecting our salvation. Yes, absolutely, we are. We need to pay attention to that. We need to focus on it. You know, there are a number of texts that talk about how God expects us to be working dedicated, committed, active in our Christian lives in service to him. That's right. If we turn to Titus, Titus chapter 2 and verse 14 first, what does that say there? Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Now, Do you think perhaps the being zealous for good works is part of the pure people that we're supposed to be in Christ? Yeah, yeah. God is is speaking there about his own special people. Obviously, he's talking about and to Christians. And 
I don't think you can come away from that verse with any other conclusion other than we're to be working. We're to be active in God's service. And it's even the word zealous yes. for good works there, mm -hmm. not just hit or miss. Right. If we look at the very next chapter and we look at verse 8, what does that say? This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly, that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. Be careful. Now, that word careful, when you dissect it, it means literally full of care. Yes. In other words, you're paying really close attention to whatever it is that you're supposed to be careful about. That's right. Full of care. And in this case, it's saying to maintain good works. Mm -hmm. So we're supposed to really be focused on doing good works in the name of the Lord. Yes, we are. In verse 14 of that third chapter of Paul's letter to Titus, we read further. And let our people also learn to maintain good works, to meet urgent needs, that they may not be unfruitful. Maintain good works again. So, now Dennis, the idea of maintaining something is to keep on doing that or keep it going. Yes, it's indicative of the fact that someone has already started to do it. Yes, yes, and they don't quit. Right. And so in both verse 8 and verse 14 of Titus chapter 3, the instruction is to maintain good works. Correct. In chapter 2 and verse 14, it is that we're to be zealous for good works. Mm -hmm. So again, not just a hit or miss kind of situation, not something that we look at as, well... I guess I got to do this, but it's drudgery. No, no, it's, we're supposed to be zealous for good works. Mm -hmm. And this is something that we're supposed to, it's just supposed to be part of our Christian life. That's right. Maintaining good works. Mm -hmm. Now, let's look in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. There we read, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Abounding <laughs> in the work of the Lord. Mm -hmm. These writers, they, they take away the wiggle room, don't they? <laughs> That's for sure. Zealous for good works, maintain good works, abounding in the work of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Again, the idea of abounding is you're talking about doing something in abundance. Correct. So it's not just a one-time thing and say, hey, I did something. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's doing things in abundance. And in this case, it's abundantly working for the Lord. Correct. That's right. In James chapter 2, we read also along this line, verse 17. Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So a lot of people, they'll really harp on, they'll focus on, they'll play on, we're saved by faith alone. Mm -hmm. Well, as long as you understand what that faith is, and that is an obedient faith, mm -hmm. an active faith, then you have 
good deal of truth in making that statement. But remember, it's by God's grace through faith. Going back to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, mm -hmm. and then the very next verse, verse 10, says, okay, now that we're Christians, we're supposed to be working. That's right. We're supposed to be active in serving God. Mm -hmm. And then as we looked at these other passages, we're supposed to be zealous and we're supposed to maintain, keep on with those good works yes. in the name of the Lord. Now here, faith all by itself, James says, without works, that's inactive faith and he says that's dead faith. He does indeed. And we need, we need to pick up on that and we need to recognize that and admit it and then make whatever adjustments we need to make in our lives. Mm -hmm. Verse 20, he says it again, doesn't he? Yes. There we're told, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Faith without works is dead. Could it be any more direct of a statement than that? That's really hard to misunderstand. And then he says it again in verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Faith without works is dead. Mm -hmm. He uses the example of Abraham in verses 21 um, through 23 as an example for us of working faith. Yes. What, is, what does that say there? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. It's an interesting statement there in, at the end of verse 22. By works, faith was made perfect. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Yes, it is. We could think of works then as being the vital signs mm -hmm. of real faith. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that's the purpose of the illustration there, Gary. When you go back and look at the text in Genesis chapter 22 where this account is found, we know that Abraham and Sarah had waited many, many years for that promised son, Isaac, the one who was born at the appropriate time. And then as Isaac is growing up, God tells Abraham, I want you to make him a burnt offering. Uh, I can't imagine how shocking that must have been to Abraham to hear something like that. Absolutely. And yet, if you look at that account, I see no hesitation on the part of Abraham. We're told the very next morning and early the next morning, he started his journey toward Mount Moriah the place that God had directed him to, and he did it to sacrifice his son. Now that is indicative of how Abraham's faith through his work was perfected. Because without that work, you know, Abraham could have said, oh yeah, I believe God told me to sacrifice Isaac, but if he had not acted upon that, he wouldn't have been called the friend of God we might have had a whole different account of Abraham that's exactly in the scriptures. Right. Exactly. If any account at all. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and this, this 
teaching that so many people have have accepted. It, it's just been perpetrated and uh, just continued to be emphasized and hammered upon mm-hmm. by so many denominational preachers that that faith alone saves. Mm-hmm. It's only faith. Obedience doesn't have anything to do with it. Mm. Service doesn't. Ha- That's false teaching. Yes. That's not what the scriptures teach. No, it certainly isn't. And when you come to texts such as we've been reading, that's clear. Yes. Jesus told the apostles to preach the gospel to everyone everywhere. Mm -hmm. And he said, he who believes and is baptized shall Mm -hmm. be saved. Now, the faith is essential. It's central. But the obedience through baptism is just as essential and essential. You cannot eliminate either one. Yeah, no, absolutely not. The salvation comes as a result of both of them put together. Right. And when we're looking at the Christian life, it's a work. It's a life of ongoing working in service for the Lord. Yes, it is. And so, if we've been created for good works, as Ephesians two and verse ten says. Mm-hmm. And we're to maintain those good works as Titus chapter 2 and verse 8 and uh, or chapter 3 and verse 8 and chapter 3 and verse 14 says. Mm-hmm. Then if we're not pursuing those works, mm-hmm. we're neglecting our salvation. We really are. And you know, Gary, I wonder if some people are afraid that they're going to give the idea that they're trying to work their way into heaven. Now, Certainly, that's not what we're advocating. That's not what the scriptures are advocating. That would be impossible. Yeah, it would. Really, our works should be a sign of our love and dedication to God and an appreciation for what he's already done on our behalf. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's look at one more passage as we conclude this study. And that's in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verses 10 and 11. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The phrase, your call and election, that's talking about your salvation. Indeed. Very descriptive terminology, but that's what it's talking about. Mm Mm-hmm your ultimate eternal salvation. And so Peter says, be even more diligent. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to it. Pay attention to your life. Pay attention to your obedience. Pay attention to your open dedication and commitment and service to God. Mm -hmm. Now that's all to make your salvation, your eternal life, your call and election, sure. Right. God has done his part, mm-hmm. sending Christ to the cross. Jesus did his part, dying on that cross, bringing us the gospel message. Yes. And God is ready to do his part, and that is save us and give us eternal life, but we need to do our part That's as well. Right. Absolutely right. It's not just one-sided. Are you neglecting your salvation? Have you yet become a Christian? If you have become a Christian, are you living the Christian life 
of dedication and service and commitment? Are you building your faith by studying God's word? Are you praying to God regularly, continually, daily, and thereby keeping your communication line with him open? Are you worshiping with the church regularly, consistently, each week, and not just hit or miss? And we could probably ask some other questions along the line, too, that would illustrate the point. Don't neglect your salvation. As we said earlier, in just a moment, we'll tell you how to contact us and ask for the free Bible study that we offer. This will help you to not neglect your salvation. Please write down that information and then contact us right away.